Welcome to CompTIA Community Casts. Today's podcast is brought to you by the MSP community. Hello, welcome to the Breaking Barriers. This is the podcast for CompTIA's managed services community. I'm Miles Jobjen, the community director with CompTIA. And today I have Jay Tipton of Technology Specialist, who among other things is a volunteer on our executive council, currently with the managed services, but about to jump over to our IT security community, EC. I'll introduce him in just a moment. We are continuing our MSP Spotlight series today. So I'm interviewing different MSP owners and executives with the same series of questions. And over time, we're going to try and, and suss out some commonalities, maybe some differences of opinions, maybe points where we can find some, uh, some interesting conflict to dig into into the future. But with all of that, Jay, thank you for being here today. Ah, thank you. I'm excited to, to have him joining on the IT security community side. So tell me a little bit about technology specialists. I was working for another IT provider. I got frustrated. A friend of mine talked me into doing going out on my own, so on. 1998, I took the plunge and started working out of my house. Within the first couple of years, I was up to like four, if I remember correctly, four employees. And I was talking to another friend of mine and we merged in 2000. At the same time, we also moved into a building, which we're still currently in. So we've been in this building now for 22 years. We have our own knock here. So we've got quite a bit invested in where we're at. That's great. And that frustration that you experienced working for the man, right? Working for somebody else that kind of drove you out. Can you touch on that? What what was it in particular? Was it just a a clash of vision? Was it, you know, you you didn't feel appreciated? What made you say, you know what? I got to just go out on my own. It was the frustration of having uncles, aunts, brothers, and fathers in the company, and they could do no wrong. So when I said something, it sort of fell on deaf ears. And after about a year, I just had enough and said, I'm done. Sometimes it takes that, right? You got to get down to that, that breaking point. (laughs) There's there's so much comfort, you know, and it's, it's, it's it's a big risk. Yeah. In 2007, I bought out my business partner. So, so it's all you know. Yeah. For the last 12 years, it's been the three of us running the place, me, myself, and I. Wow. All right. Do you have a staff or is it do or is it just you? <laughs> no, no, I've got a staff of uh, four people. Okay. An office manager and the rest are techs. Very and good. I've got friends and people I know that if, you know, we get into a rut or into an issue, I can give them a call and, you know, get some help. Nice. So it looks, it sounds like, you know, with, with a small kind of mobile crew like that, you know, able to pull in different people. You know, you're you're kind of able to put your own thumbprint on that, right? So how do kind of your values or, or the culture that you'd like to see, you know, within your team, how does that show up in your business or how does that show up in your services? I have a bad tendency of putting the customer first. <laughs> and what I mean by that, if it's something in question, not totally our fault, not totally their fault, normally I'll either I'll reduce the rate to fix whatever the issue is. So I try to put myself in their position fairly blunt at times and I'll tell them sometimes not in the nicest way, but I tell them. <laughs> so you have frank discussions with your clients. So they understand exactly where you're coming from, but at the same time, you know where they're coming from, right? And you take that into account and take their situations. That's great. Correct. I look at things as a business owner, whether I'm spending their money or I'm spending my money, you know, if we don't have to spend it. Why spend it unless, you know, they're looking for the tax write-offs and that's an accountant question, not me. Sure. Sure. Have you found something that, you know, 
you're just like, man, we are really good at this. What's what's something that you guys do that is just just top notch and best in class? Over the years, we've had very little downtime for unplanned maintenance. You know, we'll have the acts of God that you know nobody can control, but other than those types of situations, you know, we're probably five nines plus at their sites on keeping them up and running. Those are things that we can control, not internet access. You know, we have no control over that. Power, you know, those kind of things we just deal with. Do you have any kind of formal training or do you just do like all on the job with your team? Or have you had the same team for a long time? I think the longest running employee is um, close to 15 years and the shortest, I believe, is seven. So nice, nice longevity, that that continuity, right? The I have a problem training people. Okay. I don't, transfer knowledge well and I know that I just my mind goes faster than my mouth I leave things out when I go through instructions just because oh this is I know how to do this this is simple and I skip that stuff just because I've already done it right you know I I know my shortcomings it's besides everything you know training is sitting down being able to transfer knowledge easily is not easy for me Okay. You have a very good concept of who you are and where your strengths lie and able to present that to your clients. So what's one of uh, a favorite success story of yours? Something that when you think back, you just, you can't help but beam a little bit. You're like, man, we, we killed it. That was awesome. We had a client who had, it was either the UPS or the alarm clock sitting right next to it that caught on fire. And it didn't burn the building down, but it did enough structural damage and low water damage on all the equipment, it all had to be replaced. I got the call from them, I think it was around one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. And what we did is we got a hold of one of our distributors. I had a list of everything that they had in the building from our managed services side. And I just placed an order for the scanners, the printers, the computers, the monitors, the UPSs. And we printed out that report and just gave it to their insurance adjuster, along with all the software we needed to order. And we never heard anything back, but we had them back up and running later that afternoon. Oh, wow. A full, almost a full hardware replacement. Yeah. That's awesome. So what was it about that? Was it just being able to come in and say, like, look, I've got everything you need and it's right here. Yeah, it was a good feeling being able to get them back up, knowing we didn't forget anything on the hardware side, even down to the wireless mice and keyboards. You know, it was a full office replacement along with the fax machines and everything else. And that was back when fax machines were still being used. Sure. And if you think back, then that was also before a lot of organizations, a lot of MSPs in particular, had clear-cut recovery plans. And like I said, within a day. That's that's awesome. Yeah, we had we actually had a guy drive up to South Bend to the warehouse of our distributor and pick up everything. Wow. So we've got a lot of challenges out in the world today. You know, for so for MSPs... Uh, someone like yourself, someone like anybody else that's, you know, running, you know, maybe they're the same size, maybe they're larger, who knows, right? Um, but what's kind of, what, what's the big challenge out there? What's the biggest challenge that, that's either keeping you up at night or, or that you're, when you talk to your peers, everybody's like, oh my God, I got to crack this nut. The biggest thing we've got is the security. You've got guys out there that do nothing but social engineering. They're very good at it. The ones that can speak English and write English correctly are extremely good. And people aren't taking the time to look at what they're clicking, they just click. So between trying to get people to learn that clicking the button is not the best thing to do first, maybe read the whole email or read the pop-up that comes up, you know, it's, it's how do you get people to take a step back and slow down? 
and the breakneck speed that business goes at anymore, it's nearly impossible. Yeah, I love that you point that out. It is a challenge. You know, people are very much, I got to, you know, get this email come in. Okay, get it done. I only click on that. All right, move on. And, and right. And they feel like, well, we got to keep up, right? We got to keep up with this pace that's happening. But all that's doing is slowing things down later, right? So if you're making an error, that that's not keeping things moving and fast, right? No. So yeah, that you got to have that. So the individual security awareness, it sounds like maybe you're kind of, you know, narrowing in, as, you know, we started kind of broadly with security as a challenge, but it sounds like you're really kind of, you know, a little hyper-focused on what about, you know, what, what role can the individual play? Because we know that that's where, you know, the weak point is right now is, is you could have the, the best governance and policy and structure in place, but if somebody clicks on the wrong things, answers the wrong email, none of that matters ultimately, right? Maybe you can catch it faster, right? But, but there's still that, that breach has occurred. Correct. I'm not sure how to stop it besides cutting their keyboards. <laughs> I look at some of the things that people click on and, you know, I've had people click on links to reset their Microsoft Office 365 password. They don't have Office 365. Those kind of things that just boggle my mind. So we have that pressure constantly. Then we also have that every Tom, Dick, and Harry thinks they're an MSP and likes to use the abbreviation on what they do, but yet they don't have the back end to support it all. So now you got people being misinformed and, oh, oh, well, this guy will do it for, you know, $5 a machine. And they're not getting nearly the same service or, or amount of backup. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, go ahead. You know, I've right. had people leave and come back. Right. So, you know, I try not to burn the bridge, even though there's a few times I'd like to. So security awareness training, big, I know that, I mean, that's been a big topic. So, so welcome to the security community. That's one of our topics for next year, for sure. I've seen with a lot of, particularly this type of training, it can't, it it can't be one off. You know, this something like this um, really does require that ongoing reinforcement and just regular, you know, Hey, don't forget, you know, these things kind of look like this and, and, and they, and to your point, they are getting more and more sophisticated you know, there's still little clues you can look out for, but eventually those clues are going to get caught, right? And, and they're going to get even better and better and better as time goes on. So it really is on everyone. Correct. And it's not, like you said, it's not a one-time training. It's not like going and learning how to learn your phone system. It's constantly learning what the social engineering folks are changing to make you want to click it. Setting that aside for now. One of the fascinating things I found in my, my time here working in the IT industry is that there's always the next big thing. So how do you kind of take that in and how do you know in your head? And maybe you don't know, maybe it's, a, you know, it's intuitive, but, but how do you make that estimation from when something dr- crosses over the hype cycle into something that's usable and, and, and a tool that adds value to what you're doing? I think to be very blunt, we have too much hype in this industry. All these products that are coming out, they think it fits everybody, and it does not. You can't cookie cutter a client's business to fit the mold that you want them to be in. I've got clients that run five or six companies off of the same version of QuickBooks that have different needs and requirements for each one. It just takes a lot of reading to cut through all the hype and garbage that's out there and doing your own due diligence of, getting your hands on whatever it is and playing with it. Right now I'm testing a Wi-Fi SD card for a client's camera that they use in a dentist office so they can 
transfer the photos from the camera to the computers quickly and send them off for their plastic braces that they use. Mm-hmm. So with that, instead of having to take the memory stick out of the camera every time, put it in the computer, they can now just download them from the camera while they're being taken. So you said you're testing that. So so that that sounds like one of the things that you do then, right? You just kind of check out some some new products or do you get, do you kind of do that in concert with your client as, as you know, you're, you're building their solution that they need. You're like, Hey, maybe this might work. Do you want to give that a try? Do, do you, you know, one way or the other, or kind of whichever works most with that particular person? Normally one way or the other, she already had one, but the vendor got bought out by somebody else and they stopped all support for the hardware and software of it. So we had to go to something else and instead of just grabbing something and flying blind. I got one for my daughter to play okay. with because she always wants to put dump the pictures to her Mac. So now I can just install a program on there and she'll take the camera next to the Mac and turn the camera on. It'll actually download all the pictures automatically. Well, that's cool. So it sounds like your guidepost, as it were, is you begin with your client and say, well, what is it that you need me? What, what's your business outcome, right? What is it that you need me to solve? As opposed to just throwing the, high, the newest and hottest tech at you, you know, we can go through and say, hey, I've already got a thing that handles 90% of that. But if we add this piece over here, boom, we got you solved. Correct. When I get called into some places to solve a problem, I'm not a marketing house. I don't have 400 people dialing out. We work almost all referrals. And so when somebody calls up asking for help, they have an issue that they have going on now. We solve that. We go on. And you prove yourself as, hey, we're a quality partner. You're going to want to keep working with us kind of thing. Correct. So how do you prepare, though, for, for the unexpected? Well, you know, be it, be it something like that or something more significant. Um, you know, how do you, how do you get ready? How do you keep your agility and, and, and stay ready for the unexpected? You just have to expect unexpected things. You know, it's. I, I sit there and sometimes wonder, why did somebody click this? Why did you do that? Why did right. you delete all those files off your machine? You know. <laughs> uh, and I could not have it, prepared for this. <laughs> it, it's happened. I, I've had people delete their whole, my documents directory. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the only thing I can say is, you know, backups, backups, and then make another backup. When I plan on something, I already have a plan B in mind. So if plan A fails, the client won't be down. Like if we're doing a server migration, plan A is everything goes smoothly and everybody lives happily ever after. Plan B is, oh shit, let's put the server back in place and we'll figure out what the kink was. You always have to have a plan B in the back of your head, no matter what you're working on. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's so crucial to your success. So we got one last big question. I love this question myself because I wrote it. But... <laughs> <laughs> No, but if there was, uh, you know, there's somebody, you've been told, they're a mystical speaker, the ultimate guru of everything information technology solutions related, right? They're floating in the air there somehow on the cloud, as it were. What do you want to ask this uh, this individual or, or, or group bind that it might be? Why? You know, why do people think they know what they're doing and just click buttons on the on the screen? Uh, why do people insist on bypassing security every chance they get? I, I guess I've been around this stuff too long, and I've been—I'm sort of cynical, but I don't get why people do some of the things they do. I—I I can't fathom it. That's why I always have a plan B. Sure. So you really want to get into the, that human nature aspect of it, right? What is it about us that 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 we want? You know, we have this expectation, and we—you know—we're talking earlier of. You know, I got to keep things moving. I got I to gotta get through this inbox. I got to do this thing. And yet, 
you know, ultimately creating more problems and headaches, you know, through errors. Um, so what is it about our human nature? That, yeah, that's, that's a fascinating uh, guru level question. I love it, Jay. And we could spend hours going over it and never be right. And never be right. Yes. Well, that's the beauty of philosophy, right? You can, <laughs> it's there for us to pontificate and think. This you know, is, go just ahead. understanding. I like to understand things. You know, I've never just gone through an email and just clicked on things. If I question it and I get that feeling in my gut that this isn't good, even though I'd love to click that link to see what it is, I delete it. Right, right. If it's really important, they'll send it back or That's right. they'll call me or whatever. And, you know, and you said something there about understanding. And I think that does tap into, um, you know, kind of the answer to this question, right, is, you know, if people do have a better understanding of the, the things that are coming at them, um, you know, maybe they will take that extra second and be like, hey, wait a minute, that seems weird. Like, you know, why? Uh, that's not how Jay writes his emails. You know, why would he be sending this to me? I think understanding, and then that, that empowers those individuals as well, right? At that point, they know, hey, wait a minute, I'm on the front line, you know, I'm stopping this stuff from happening. So correct. thank you for your time today, Jay. I really do appreciate it. Before I wrap, just a couple announcements for everybody. We do have our official membership app available on the App Store. We want to go ahead and download that and you can join in the mobile conversation, as it were. Uh, lots of forums and things like that that we can get going. I'd love to see more and more people start to interact there. If you'd rather come face-to-face, -face, March 16th to 18th in Chicago, CompTIA will be hosting the Communities and Councils Forum. We're going to be digging into all these different challenges, things like security training and, and things of that nature. But looking forward to that. Look, keep an eye out for some emails and, and registration invitations for that kind of stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're going to keep this going. I've got another recording session lined up. So again, Jay, thank you. And uh, everybody, take care. To hear podcasts from all of CompTIA's membership communities, you can download the mobile app or... Listen in on the website at comptia.org slash communities.